station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, movie Hungarian, Melissa Kersher. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> and movie, I don't know what we're going to say, Belarusian? Um, which may not be so bad, really, to I mean, be honest. It's, not... it's just maybe more like uh, movie Czechoslovakian. No. Uh... Actually, 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 uh, I am Slavic. Movie Slovakian. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny Young. Hello. We are here um, this time to talk about a film called Dracula. What? Which, as we mentioned on our last episode, we've sort of been circling around this film for a while. Oh, yeah. Finally got there. Uh, and so it is important that we start, of course, with Jenna, Miss Jenny Young, our, our oh, movie God. Padawan, uh, <laughs> telling us what she knows about Dracula. I know so many things about uh, the story of Dracula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, having read the book, having seen another uh, Dracula-based film, uh, and having seen all sorts of other interesting things that, that <laughs> allude to this one. Um, but, yeah. And right now my brain is completely blanking on everything I know. Wow. Uh, there's a vampire involved. Okay. There is yeah. a vampire there's involved. A vampire. That is not a spoiler. I believe... believe uh, there's at least one, possibly more. I mean, it might be a spoiler be for somebody, but yeah. for the <clears throat> most part, a vampire being involved is not a spoiler when you're watching a movie called Dracula. Right. Uh, this movie, of course, stars... Do you remember, Jenna? Help us out here. I know the face, but I can't find the name right now, and it's driving me insane. <laughs> because we've seen another film yes, starring this same man. A, a film that is absolutely horrible. It's, it's awful, and I'm picturing the face, and I can't remember the name. I'm so and bad. we've even seen other people play this man. Yes. <laughs> we've seen yes. we've seen his last film. We've seen a movie about the making of his last and I film. Can't find the name at all. It is, of course, Bela Lugosi. La- Bela Lugosi. Right! Okay. <laughs> I'm sure that we will spend I more time... I kept thinking, like, like, Alan something, and I'm like, that is not right at all. No. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's because Alan Rickman died. His name it is could be. Frank. That's, that's... Yeah, maybe... <laughs> no, I was we, like, this is not right. We uh, will definitely... We've talked about Bela Lugosi before. We've mm. watched Plan 9 from Outer Space, which was his last film, and we've watched Ed Wood... And we talked a lot about uh, him in those two uh, episodes, and you can certainly go back and listen to those, or, well, probably cover a lot of the same ground in this one. Uh, this is Bela Lugosi's iconic film. This yes. is this is the movie for which he became known as Bela Lugosi, and pretty much a movie that trapped him mm-hmm. uh, in a role for the rest of his life. Um it is there's uh, there's a lot of really interesting stuff around the production of this film mm-hmm. uh, that we sh- we should talk about later. Right now, I think uh, you know we should just address this is a universal monster horror film mm-hmm. uh, that kind of was one of the one of the really classic iconic tent poles of original horror, you know, yeah. along with Frankenstein and the Wolfman and probably Bride of Frankenstein mm-hmm. and the Mummy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, between between Frankenstein, Universal's Frankenstein and Dracula, much like Hammer's Frankenstein and Dracula, pretty much launched a whole line of of movies. 
And they and pretty much all of these monsters met each other at some point in some other movie, and uh, they they had children. So there was you know a son of Frankenstein and a son of Dracula and <laughs> daughter of Dracula and you know brother-in-law of Dracula. They and... they kind of milked these characters for all they were worth because yeah. they were very popular, and they all usually uh, had a very iconic, well-known uh, character actor falling into the main role mm-hmm. uh, that really served to create the mystique that was around around each of these films. Mm-hmm. I expect that we are going to find our way towards Frankenstein and or Bride of Frankenstein uh, yeah. fairly soon because I think um, those are the... Uh, uh, of. Of the Universal monster films, I think that Dracula and Frankenstein and Bride and Frankenstein are the ones that have aged the best. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think you're right. But uh, is there anything else that we should add, Melissa, before we go watch this movie? No, there will be plenty to talk about later. We will talk about so much after we go watch Dracula, which is going to happen as soon as I shut up. back. Lovely ladies have been enthralled. Cockney accents have been butchered. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... Yeah, I mean, seriously. Seriously butchered. And and Renfield has has just done the crazy thing. Oh, yeah. The crazy (laughs) thing. Crazy. (laughs) 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 So, Jenna, you have seen Blackula, which is uh, 1931. No. Universal Dracula, starring Bela Lugosi, who is Hungarian and has <laughs> double jointed. Yeah, so. those hands, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, those hands. He was working those hands, man. Oh. So tell us what you thought of Dracula. Um, That both didn't didn't follow the, the, the written story of Dracula in, in the same ways that... Um, her previous Dracula film didn't, didn't. Although I feel like the previous one hit more of the high points. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there were there were definitely things that were changed and different and rearranged and and those bats, man, those bats. Oh yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> flappity 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 flappity, like <laughs> bat on a string. Wee. Flappy flappy flappy. Although yeah. you couldn't see the strings, so no, no it was pretty yeah, impressive. I, I was yeah. looking. Yeah. I'm like, those are some good effects for for 1931. Really early, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, um, so the story itself went, was pretty good for me overall. Um, I feel like some of the uh, side bits in the show were a little slapsticky. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, very much so. Slightly detracting. Speaking although, of the Cockney accent, yeah. Oi, ay. Oi. Oh boy. Um, yeah. 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 But overall, uh, I really liked it. Um, He's gotten loose, he has. Oh, <laughs> God. Never do that again, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> that castle. Oh, my God, that castle. Yes. Fantastic oh. set. As soon as that, like, like they've got that, that path going to the, to, the, to the gate for Count Dracula's castle, and it was like, that, that is the castle in my brain when I think of Count Dracula. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is the castle. And I was so happy that they showed it twice. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a shame. It's like, such a beautiful castle, right? and 
you get it for like the first 10 minutes of the movie yeah and then, yeah. And then it's done uh you know one of the nice things about the hammer film is they take you back mm-hmm. to dracula's castle as opposed to this one where where we just yeah. get a little bit of the fabulous castle at the beginning of the movie and then that's kind of it yeah um but so, i was super happy with it <laughs> yeah so i mean this movie what makes this movie iconic is really the performance of Bela Lugosi. Right. Um, and I, the thing is, it's based on a stage play, not based on the book. So it is oh, it is okay. an mm-hmm. adaptation of a stage play in which Lugosi starred. Correct. And Neat. basically made it made him. Yeah. People would I it ran for for a couple of years or 281 performances or something like that yeah which, 200 and uh, I wrote it down 261 shows 261 Ooh. performances and I for, I don't know how many weeks that is in in yeah. ni- the 1930s but it was a very long time yes uh, and he toured with Dracula and so then Universal decides to make the film and uh, they decide to instead of adapting Bram Stoker's work, which they felt would be too difficult, they chose to adapt mm-hmm. the play. Also, which, it was the Great Depression by this time, and the Bram Stoker ab- adaptation, which they initially thought they were going to do, was going to be way expensive. Yeah. And uh, adapting the stage play was just plain old cheaper. So, <laughs> yeah. So, they're like, well, we don't have a lot of money, because nobody has a lot of money. It's the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they go ahead and make this. And that's why, one of the reasons why... If you watch it knowing that it's adapted from a stage play, you can very much see. Oh yeah. You know oh, how, yeah. how many of these scenes. And this is where scenes... the curtains close. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, I mean, originally this movie actually opened with a uh, with a prologue, uh, much like uh, Frankenstein does, which came out the same year. Um, Frankenstein opens with this prologue where uh, oh what's his name uh, Edward Edward Van Sloan who played Van Helsing in Dracula he's also in Frankenstein he comes out of a set of curtains and he goes uh, guys this is a really scary movie we hope you don't faint in the aisles and then uh, enjoy your movie <laughs> he has this like weird nice. really stilted introductory thing and then goes back in the curtains and originally apparently Dracula also had the same no. thing with Ed. Edward Van Sloan, but uh, it was cut for the 1936 re-release, and the footage is now lost. Yeah, there's... um, So, I mean, super (laughs) stagey. Super stagey. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you can see it in in a lot of the scenes, that they're very... They're very much a stage play. And the thing is that this... I think one of the most interesting pieces of trivia about this film is... They're they're making this movie during the day and at night, on the same sets. Mm-hmm. They're filming the Spanish language version of the same film. Yep. Um, so huh. the the yeah. actors are in there for the day. They do the English language version. Then at night they come in the same sets. They spill this. They film the Spanish language version. The Spanish language version, with the exception of Bela Lugosi, is in every way better. Yeah, it's it, it, it is rocking the man. English language film. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it it is moodier. There's, uh, it's it's less you know stagey. Um, all, uh, but <laughs> the, the Dracula's kind of a dud, which is really unfortunate. Aww, that is unfortunate. Uh, also, also, um, I'm a big fan of Dwight Fry, who played Renfield here in uh, the uh, mm. in the English language version. And so you know, it's like 
Oh, I'm sad Dwight Fry is not here in, in Spanish. So, so basically yeah. the two yeah. bad guys are, are kind of not great, but the direction and the acting and everything for everybody <laughs> except yeah. Dracula and Renfield. Yeah. Although I, I got to say Van Helsing in this movie is pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. fun. He's got, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the movie, the movie itself also uh, comes out this is right at the beginning of the talking era, mm-hmm. um, which is why there's no orchestration at all. They they didn't think any. They didn't really think people would be able to handle it. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it's well, that wasn't part of cinematic language at the time. It's right. like if if it's if the the film is now portraying sound. Why would there be music if nobody's playing music in the scene? Like you go to the uh, Albert Hall scene in this movie. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's music because there's mm-hmm. music in the scene. But it it's I mean even though you have this grand tradition in silent films of um, accompanying the silent films with uh, music in the absence of other yeah. sound, it, it took a little while before they said, you know, we could amp up the emotions of these movies by putting a score over it. Yeah, I think I I I liken that to um, when you build a piece of software, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, well, this thing isn't cool anymore. Like this thing's cool. This is why we did this in the first place. So we're just going to replace it with this." And no, there are other elements that you wanted from the other thing. You just right. didn't know it. Right. Yeah, and, and, said the IT project manager, pushing <laughs> yeah. up her glasses. But I mean, they're, 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 when the, when they start with talkies, they're they're yeah. they're yeah. still. They don't really know what they're doing. Nobody thought that they would go. I mean. At the beginning, most people thought talkies would fail. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I think is so fascinating. You go back to like Singing in the Rain, which we watched very early in our in our mm-hmm. process, and they kind of go back to that switch from from the silence to the talkies. And granted, it's this romanticized musical version of that switch, but it still is very much a case of a lot of people in Hollywood. I'm and there were some who were like, no, no. This is going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. This is going to be big. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a lot of people that honestly felt talkies were not going to be successful. That they they just thought, well, they're the silent and and, you, and people that resisted it, like Charlie Chaplin, who was just like, well, I don't feel like I have anything. It doesn't that add I to need, anything that I that do. I need to say yeah. in a talkie mm-hmm. that I can't say in a silent film. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You watch a movie like this, and you can see this sort of—they're not entirely sure what to do with the talkie. There, are, there are huge chunks of the film that are essentially a silent film, mm-hmm. where I think to a modern set audience, you're kind of like, "Why is nothing happening here?" Yeah, yeah. It's—it seems almost alien to us these days, looking back on this film. It's so quiet. Well, and just those those shots of the faces. Yeah, you're just like. Is the expression changing? Is it okay? I mean, I get that there's a little light thing going on with the eyes, and that's cool. But what? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they did that really cool thing with with the, Dracula's yeah. eyes. Yeah, to... yeah. The 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 cinematographer Carl Ferrando was really pretty awesome at capturing some really nice atmosphere. I, I feel like um, this movie is kind of this push and pull between uh, Todd Browning, first of all, the the director of this movie. I'm not a big fan of his directorial style. I feel like he's really stagey. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, he did no favors to uh, the the style of the script. 
And, uh, yeah, I just don't feel like he, he's got, a, you know, real graceful style. And uh, beyond that, um, um, the story is that originally um, Lon Chaney was supposed to play Dracula for this movie, but he died uh, pretty oh. soon before they went into production. And uh, Chaney and Browning had worked closely on uh, several films together, and so... Browning was devastated by the loss of his collaborator. Sure. Um, he was also, like, binging on alcohol. He was very difficult oh. to work with on this movie. Um, so he he wasn't having a good time. But meanwhile, he's got as a collaborator, Carl Freund, who is a uh, German cinematographer who worked with F.W. Murnau, who worked on things like uh, The Last Laugh. And he was, like super uber german expressionist okay uh so he brought this really fantastic cinematography style to hollywood so where the camera starts breaking out of this really static sort of portrayal of dracula that's carl freund nice. <laughs> that you know when when you get the cool lighting effects on uh uh bella lugosi's eyes you know these moody atmospheric settings all that stuff that's that's the German expressionism coming in. Oh yay! Go Germans! <laughs> the the yeah the, the I, I think a, a lot of that is like in the beginning of Dracula's Castle and in yeah. the in the basement yeah, yeah. of the Abbey. These gigantic steps. It's like why are there they, these gigantic steps here? This doesn't make any sense at all. Oh um, yeah, and and so many of those set pieces that I'm built. I mean, there were they were big expensive set pieces so they kept them around for like a decade so you know you, when great you, depression yeah so when you watch a lot of uh like horror films and uh period pieces coming out of universal for the next decade you keep seeing pieces from dracula it's like oh i saw that in dracula saw that in dracula that was in dracula <laughs> i recognize those stairs <laughs> and i think the the kind of remarkable thing is the evolution of uh horror and of the audience's relationship to horror. You know, when yeah. this movie came out, it scared the bejesus out of people. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, the reason they had the little warning thing at the beginning is because they're like, wow, people are just going to be freaking the fuck out. Well, I mean, um, I mean, when Frankenstein came out, there really were people fainting in the aisles uh, when they saw the Frankenstein monster. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know now it, it's now it's so like if there's iconic. not a, if there's not a bucket of blood when the vampire bites into the neck then well yeah. it's just not even worth watching. There aren't even fangs in this movie. Yeah. No, there are no fangs. Yeah, there's no, no fangs. fangs. There's no blood. There's there's nothing yeah. like that. Um, I, I th there were a couple of things that kind of stood out for me. Uh, the number of times that woman screams while she's being bit. Like every mm -hmm. time, like uh, she's supposed to be in this trance, and then like you cut away, and there's a woman screaming, and I'm like, Mina. But, but isn't she tranced right now? Like, isn't isn't she like? Uh. Maybe she's into it. I suppose. <laughs> um, but then, uh, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Uh, oh yeah, so many things that I think of as tropes, mm -hmm. <laughs> and just like. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course you have a dark and gloomy castle. That's what I'm expecting. Well, like, yes. I'm, that's what I'm expecting because it was done here first. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is where my expectations come from. We it all comes from the Germans. It we, really need, we need to watch Halloween. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that's an interesting pick. Yeah. 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 Wait, which one is that? Is that? 1970s, Michael Myers, okay, Stabby yeah. Stabby. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I I think I've actually seen that. Okay. Well, maybe we don't then. But <laughs> yeah. we, can we still it. should find we somebody. Could, we somebody could see it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, we I, can find a stunt Jenna and yeah. bring a could, stunt. Could, could I be a person that's seen a movie before? That yeah, you can. Well, oh, you're not can. sure if you've seen it. But that's true. Well, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> we can bring oh. in an insurance stunt Jenna just in case. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I think it would be fascinating to, to watch. You watch some of these movies. I mean, Citizen yeah. Kane is one of those movies where you watch stuff and you go, well, that's I've seen this kind of thing in a movie before. Why does everybody talk about this as being such an innovative film? Because nobody did it before this film. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I and, get if, it. and if I remember, Dracula kind of was the origin of the sexy vampire. Yeah, I mean, prior to this, vampires were just plain monsters, and once Bella Lugosi got he handed the role, he had that <laughs> like, that Eastern European thing going uh, yeah, with, the, with the accent, and and he just looked very, very. Yeah. Whatever. Sexy. Very sexy. And he had the double jointed. The double jointed. Um, the, <laughs> they, I mean, if there's an interesting, you know, even though I think 31 is pre-haze, isn't it? Pre-haze. Yeah. But they didn't want, a, they didn't want to show Dracula biting Renfield because they felt that that would look gay. <laughs> so they yeah. were like, oh, Dracula can only be seen biting women. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that that was that was okay showing him in in anything that might imply Dracula was I, I guess bisexual by by biting by chompy by, by chompy anyway I, the point is really really no, I'm he, gonna go with by chompy by yeah. chompy yeah. I mean really he should just be looking at all of human beings like ham sandwiches yeah right? I mean, there should it's, not be yeah do you do you worry about whether or not you're eating a boy or girl pig when you're having bacon with breakfast right. no nope. you don't and that and Dracula is the same one. <laughs> My yeah. question is, is the bacon crunchy? Yes? Done. <laughs> and Dracula is the same way. All he, all he wants is some nice, juicy human. Yes. Uh, and if you can get that, then everything else is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember where I was going with this. Uh, ham with sandwiches. This. Ham sandwiches. Ham delicious sandwiches. Ham delicious. Sandwiches. Ham Sandwiches or blood sandwiches. <laughs> if you're if you're a vampire. Ajou. Oh, oh ooh, ajou. Mm. Ajou. Um, so, French dip. Anyway. <laughs> so so Bella Lugosi um, played the role on stage, uh, as we discussed before, in nineteen twenty seven for many, many performances. Uh, also on stage with him playing Van Helsing was Edward Van Sloan. What? Yeah, so they worked together. Oh my god. Uh, on uh, Dracula before appearing in Dracula, so that's pretty cool. Also, Lugosi um, lobbied hard to be Dracula in the movie. He actually uh, was the person who helped obtain the rights from Bram Stoker's widow. Oh, um, she was, you know, asking some ungodly sum of money. She was very protective of uh, of the Dracula franchise, and. Um, which is part of the reason why Nosferatu, F.W. Murnau's Nosferatu, is called Nosferatu and not Dracula. They really wanted to make Dracula. They couldn't get the rights, so they made a thinly veiled ripoff called Nosferatu. They made basically Dracula. Yeah, they made Dracula. We're going to have to do Nosferatu as well. Yeah, Um, yeah. But but Lugosi worked on her and, you know, got the the price down to a point where Universal could actually purchase the rights. Nice. (laughs) And then... um, but he, they, he actually they, took the role for a ridiculously low sum. Yeah, yeah sum the problem money. was he was so desperate to play the role that yeah. they could basically pay him nothing. Yeah. To do it. Did they yeah. pay him in bacon? Uh, 
Maybe. Hey, <laughs> based on the amount they paid him, I'm not sure he could have afforded it. Yeah, um, it I mean that's the thing. One of the reasons that uh, Lugosi died in poverty is, you know, his iconic role. He made nothing. Yeah, and he really didn't get much else after this. I mean, he yeah. he was in other films. He was in other mm. other horror films. Uh, he worked, but but uh, he never he never had a really hugely. Uh, iconic role again. Yeah, he was a really well-renowned stage actor in Hungary before he came over here. And, uh, I mean, really, he should have had a career past Dracula, but, you know, once he hit big with Dracula, nobody could see him in anything else ever again. Yeah, which was, a, I mean, it's not as much of a problem with modern actors as it was in the, yeah. in the studio system. There was a very much a case of actors were typecast. And if they couldn't see you do anything else, then you were, were stuck. Yeah. Also, I mean, Bela Lugosi was, you know, further hampered by the fact that, you know, he was Hungarian, had a thick accent, you know. Sure. There were very few American roles that you could plug him into convincingly. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, he had he had his issues, but yeah. certainly one of the big problems that, that plagued him right from the beginning is, you know, you get a reputation... Yeah. The, the reputation is, well, he'll work for cheap. Yep. Um, and, and he did. And he did. And then he got strung out on drugs. And Aww. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, Bela Lugosi Aww. is a tragic story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but poor Dracula. And I mean, he, too, was kind of locked into that same character. You know, to him, that there, there was a lot of his personality that was that was drawn up. He was buried in the Dracula cave. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I mean, oh, but yes. You know, and obviously, you know, he he made a name for himself in America with a stage play. He makes a name for himself in film, mm -hmm. and he really identifies with that role for the rest of his life. Um, yeah. Additionally said, he only got to play Dracula one more time. I mean, he played other vampires, but he only got to play Dracula in one other film, and that was um, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. What? Yep. Universal, as I said. <laughs> what? Yeah. They really once <laughs> they once they got those monsters, they milked the hell out of oh, them. Oh yeah. You know, and that I mentioned. I mentioned at the beginning. Hey, yeah, but... <laughs> I mentioned at the beginning that like Dracula, I think Dracula stands up because of Bela Lugosi. Yeah. Um, Frankenstein <laughs> stands up, and Bride of Frankenstein stand up because they are really actually amazingly good films. Yeah, they were directed by James Whale, who could rock the shit he out could. of directing. Yeah. The Wolfman is, my opinion, boring as fuck. Yeah, uh, but it has a very good uh, performance from uh, Lon Chaney Jr. It does. Yeah. It does. And The Mummy is also just really boring. That is a boring-ass movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing for these... I mean, you've seen these the pictures if if you're a movie fan you've seen pictures of of the mummy and the werewolf and mm -hmm. and frankenstein and and dracula these are the iconic monsters that sort of launch mm -hmm. horror um in yeah. in in mainstream and yet boy yeah you watch the mummy and, and wolfman now and it, they just don't hold up at all yeah invisible um, man's okay well yeah invisible yeah. man but that's not as iconic because you can't you know see him yeah, it's hard to see. Uh, well, he's got the bandages I and the know. sunglasses. It's got you Claude Rains in it. It's got, it's got Claude, Claude Rains. Rains. Claude Rains makes everything better. Yeah, Claude Rains makes everything better. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't know. Is there anything else? Oh that yeah, you need to I say? can. I can totally talk about uh, some of the other people. Uh, first of all, Dwight Fry, who I adore. He's Renfield. Um, oh my god, <laughs> boy, he's up. swinging for the rafters in this movie. Um, he, he's another kind of a sad story. Um, he he was a very well-renowned stage actor. He was kind of a chameleon on stage. I did a lot of comedy and um, uh, dramatic roles, just a little bit of everything. And he moved to screen. Um, he also had worked with Bella Lugosi on stage before appearing in Dracula. He was uh, in a play in 1926 called Devil in the Cheese. Uh, so mm. they knew each other already. Devilly Cheese. But once he moved <laughs> to movies, and he was in both Frankenstein and Dracula, because he played Fritz, the the kind of hunchbacked lab assistant ah. in, oh, yeah. in, Frank, in Frankenstein. Not, not Igor. No, not, oh, Igor. not Igor. Not Igor. Or Igor. He was just called Fritz. Oh, but. Okay. Between those two roles, he got typecast as this uh, kind of villainous character actor, henchman sort of role. So he got, after these two movies, even though he's really noticeable in these movies, um, he had a hard time maintaining roles. And so as time went on, um, he, you know, he eventually, like World War II happened and he couldn't find roles and he was deferred from. Uh, combat because uh, he was hiding a heart condition because oh. he was Christian scientist and didn't want to go into treatment for it. So he wound up working as a draftsman at Lockheed <laughs> huh. and uh, eventually finally did get cast for like this super juicy role um, in 1944 for the film Wilson, which is about Woodrow Wilson. Uh, Dwight Fye actually looked like, uh, I think it was the Secretary of State under Wilson or something like that. So they cast him. And he, this was like, oh my goodness, my, my career is finally taking off again. And he died of a heart attack on a crowded bus. Oh, yeah. oh And God. it was like, it, it's just, oh. it's so sad. Um, I actually oh. read his autobiography, or not autobiography, I read a biography about him a couple years ago. And it's like, oh man, it's just so sad. There's so much potential in this guy. There's so much tragedy in Hollywood. Yeah, well, especially in these years. Um, Helen Chandler, who played Mina, was kind of the same way. Um, she she also was a popular actress on stage. She was super popular uh, in New York City for her stage roles. Uh, her move to screen did not go well. Um, Dracula was pretty much the biggest thing she did. Mm. Uh, she finally went back to the stage, but you know she had a she developed a alcoholism she developed a habit with sleeping pills eventually in like 1940 she was put in a sanitarium in 1950 she was uh burned in a house fire uh that oh was apparently caused by smoking in bed and uh by 1965 she passed away and nobody claimed the ashes so she just had this just oh my god so we saw the height of her life yeah god god that's dark (laughs) but edward van sloan seemed to do okay (laughs) (laughs) dracula the film that ruined everyone's lives yeah really i mean i mean todd browning had a pretty long career in hollywood too i mean the the other uh, Todd Browning is interesting too because he actually started out as a he ran away with the circus at age 16 he fell in love with the circus dancer and he ran off of the circus he was a contortionist and stuff and he eventually met D.W. Griffith who was this you know great yeah. silent film director 
and uh, he got cast in Intolerance, Love Through the Ages, which is one of D.W. Griffith's great Big, works. long, Big, yeah. like, three-and-a-half-hour epic films. And so Browning had a career as an actor in Hollywood for a while and then eventually took to directing. So his two, his big things are Dracula and uh, several years later he did a movie called Freaks, which was is uh, a hell of a thing. <laughs> it's a hell of a thing. We'll have to do that one too. Yeah, it's, uh, dear, dear listeners, it is a movie that is set in the circus amongst the uh, the sideshow performers and uh, actually uses actual sideshow performers. It's very notable for uh, using non, basically non-actors in these roles. <laughs> and uh, it's both kind of exploitative and sympathetic to these people who are generally marginalized by society and it's a very interesting film um also kind of freaky so to speak and uh here and there it gets banned every once in a while so you know because it's got stuff stuff that happens stuff that happens freaky stuff freaky stuff so all right i think it's time for final thoughts having having reached the freaky stuff category mm-hmm. so uh, Melissa do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our dear listeners oh yeah I've got I've got one so we talked a lot about this having no score uh, back in oh I want to say the late 90s or so uh, Philip Glass did a full score to this movie really yeah so actually on a lot of the DVD releases you can swap the audio out and you have a full musical score by Philip Glass. <laughs> of course. Like knowing, a super modernist or knowing score. knowing Philip Glass that won't make it any more interesting. It's it's a um, lot of arpeggios. Yeah. I I like Glass <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh it's very interesting putting this super modernist uh, film score over Dracula. Yes. All right, Jenna, final thoughts. Um Man, I really liked that 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 crazy place, that that crazy house with all of the crazy people. Um, <laughs> I just like everybody's just wandering around, like dur, 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 dur. there's you know, just the sanitarium. Except there are all the all the normal people there too in Renfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, um, and then the Cockney but, people. Yeah, just oh, God. Yeah, but yeah, Lord. just just the way that, that that sanitarium was run, just like, oh hey, you're out again. Better put you back. Gosh hey. darn it. You're oh. so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the one, one thing about the, both both of these Dracula films is like, you have to keep an eye on Mina, you have to keep an eye on Mina. Is anybody watching Mina? No. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's, it's uh. Also how great is Thousands of rats, millions <laughs> <laughs> of rats. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's fun. Um, okay, so my final thought, of course, is to talk about the next film we're going to be watching. We're sticking with sort of the classic horror film feeling. The next movie we will be watching is *The Phantom of the Opera*. So traveling into silent film once again. But I uh, thought it was a musical. No, it is not. It is not. It is not the musical. We will not Aww. be watching. The 2004 <laughs> adaptation of the Andrew Lloyd Webber stage musical. Tom oh, oh, uh, of the Opera. He's there. <sighs> so with that depressing series of notes, <laughs> we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.